1: Hey everybody and welcome to another stellar edition. I went with stellar instead <laughs> of uh, whatever the word what, uh, is, rousing. I guess rousing. Yeah, it's always a rousing edition, edition. Apparently of relationship theory. I am your co-host Tom Billu. I am here with Lisa Billu, my wife.
0: What's up?
1: How are you doing?
0: Good. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. I'm
0: feeling much better than uh, last week, where I could barely talk. So. That is
1: very good news.
0: It is. I'm a bit stuffed up this morning, but you I don't are feel indeed. bad. So that's always good. Nice. We'll yeah. call that a win. We'll call that a win.
1: And if we need to, we'll reference your shirt, which you're hiding behind your oh. computer, but nonetheless. Yes. If you start feeling weak, T T F U B C yeah. as it were. Oh shit! We have Shanzi in the house. Oh, we've got a new- Sean, you gotta come say what's we've up. We got, got a new intern. He's gotta he's gotta come on. He came unprompted, by the way, in his impact theory shirt, which you have to have mad respect gotta for. Gotta respect. Come on in. So what is up? You have to kinda duck down a little. There it is. There he is. Pleasure to meet you guys. Good to have you, man. Welcome to the team. Super, yeah. We're very excited.
0: Thank you.
1: All right. Without further ado, there was something you wanted to talk about. Yeah, today.
0: so I actually um thought I would do something different today. I didn't pull any questions. I wanted to basically talk about a specific subject. Yep. So I posted fairly recently on my IG post that um, certain foods, basically the keto diet, saved my life, no joke, like mm. literally, um, and went into a bit of a story about how that happened. And then also on podcasts, the Shiroic Podcast, if you guys aren't subscribed, get up yeah. on it. Yeah. Get up Please on it. Please rate and review that. would love that. Um would be really meaningful. Nice. But also we did an episode based on food and how food can become religion for some people. Yeah. And in that I went on and described a bit of the story about how I've come about getting on a ketogenic diet and how before I used to be low fat and how that is, you know, part of my issue. Um, And some people have written in and basically like, wow, like I didn't realize how intense that was. Well, I I think we're
1: going to have to back up. So what was your issue? Okay. What is your issue?
0: Okay. So I'll back up. So what happened was for the last 15, 20 years. And
1: you're going to be given this from a relationship perspective, which is why you're bringing it up today. So hang in there, everybody, while we catch you up.
0: Exactly. So about 15, 20 years ago, um, I've just always had digestive issues. Way back. Yeah. Um always I'm trying to just
1: yeah. Yeah, condense good. the story. That's good sound. Thank
0: you. Um had really bad digestive issues. It got worse and worse over the years. I started getting more and more sick. So every time I would eat something that varied from my regular diet, I would just be in agony. I wouldn't be able to eat. It would really hurt my stomach. And it just got worse and worse over time. To the point where sometimes my stomach would hurt so bad the next day. Then my entire um, tummy would be completely protruded out. Um, I couldn't stand for more than five minutes at a time. And it was just really for like a day. It was always the day after I would have something that would upset it. Cut to three years ago now, I got the stomach bug. And it completely threw me off all of my... um, Eating like completely to the point where I couldn't eat um, anytime I would eat something, it would go straight through me, I'd be in agony. So, we started going to the doctor, and it and started we-
1: presenting as vomiting. So, we were packed and ready to go to Vegas right, just to really get some the story flu,
0: here. The stomach flu right.
1: itself, but just so people can understand, like <laughs> chronic and acute illness, so mm-hmm. you. Everything's normal. Been struggling with the same thing for 15 years or so, it seems. One day you say, I'm not feeling very well, you vomit, and then all hell breaks loose.
0: Right. So, but that was really the stomach flu that then kind of started everything where I literally couldn't eat after that. So every time I eat even regular food that I would normally eat, like eggs, it would just completely wreck me. And we didn't know what was going on. So we started going to the doctors. The truth.
1: And by the way, so there's something in me pointing out the acute thing that you're pushing back on. What is it? Because I, there's a very specific reason I bring up that acute moment that I want I people mean, I to I I guess understand. it
0: would, I'm not sure. What you?
1: So the reason I'm bringing up the fact that it got acute is even though in a moment it may seem like, oh, I have a chest infection, right? Which you've suffered from chronically. But really, this is something that had been building for a very long time. So even though it presents as, oh, I just got sick, and oh, I think I have this stomach flu, it really is, you have a a problem that's been building and building and building, and then it presents as something acute. And I bring this up because to really understand and to really fix the problem, which is part of what people are writing in about, you've got to now rewind all the way (sighs) to the problems that you've been introducing to your diet, microbiome, and all that for decades. Right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. To not to get lost in the right. acute part, right. but I, I, and I think people do. I think they think, oh, I had this thing; it's this symptom, but in I reality, see. no. It's that's why I gave the whole backstory of it being a problem. fifteen,
0: twenty years, it being a problem, and right. then come that stomach flu, I couldn't then, like, it used to be one day of agony, and then past that, it was you know, it would be fine. Um, But this, I couldn't get back on track. And so I couldn't eat. My stomach was inflamed all the time. And we started going to the doctors. Every doctor I went to, of course, it's like, oh yes, it's this problem. So apparently I, you know, went to an allergy doctor and they told me 30 different things that I would eat daily that I was supposedly allergic to. So I cut that out of my diet. I then went on to like doing the FODMAP, which is you can have, you know, eight almonds, but the second you have 15 almonds, it goes into the danger zone. So I would look at that map or that that thing and just go, okay, cool. Well, I won't have that many. I won't have that many. And then it just, well, even now, is it the almonds that I'm... I might as well just cut them out of my diet. So it started accumulating the things that I was cutting out of my diet. Took me down to four ingredients. Literally four things that I could eat, which was... Um, they, I, they told me I was allergic to beef, so I cut beef out of my diet. So I was eating lamb, pork, salt, and coconut oil, and then sometimes put in chicken, but it was pretty much four ingredients. All home-cooked for over six months. That was my breakfast, lunch, and dinner, those four items. I would still get really bad stomach upsets, but I would, you know, um, it was at least manageable, like I could still go to work. Mm. Um, so that went on for like six months. I was getting sick all the time, going back to like 20 years ago, like I was just getting sick more and more and more and more um, and after a long, long stretch, um, I don't know how much to condense it down, but basically we've started, um, the key. I've started the keto diet, it really trend, changed my digestive system, really brought the inflammation down in my digestive tract, and now I'm somewhat able to eat it regularly, but I still have issues, right? And so having told that story on the Shirok podcast and, um, you know, mentioning in some social posts, the big thing was me and you as a relationship, right? And this is why I bring it back, because it doesn't have to be the situation that I was in. Someone's got a partner that might be depressed or might be um, just seriously ill. Like, How do you work through that? Because it's been a struggle now for, it's probably, what, two years now? That we've been going through, like, intense...
1: It's, it's getting closer to three now, which, yeah.
0: And so to even set a stage, so now we've kind of figured out ourselves that the microbiome is definitely attached to my immune system. They wanted to give me a immune... Uh,
1: immunoglobulin transfusion. Yeah,
0: so before you had um, figured out and gone to, like, the R&D department in Quest and kind of cultivated, like, my own probiotics and getting me on a keto diet... Um, the last doctor told me I had an autoimmune deficiency and that I needed to do. have a transfusion. Which you don't. Right. But he told me I needed to have a transfusion. Right. Um, for six months, they were going to literally put this little implant in me. I was going to plug myself in once a week at home for, you know, th- what was it, three hours or something. It was going to be once a week and I was going to, for six months, have this blood transfusion. Um, and you're like, that's that's crazy, like, what else haven't we, like, looked through? Like, that's so severe, but we were kind of lost at the time. And um, that's where I was about to go. And a week before, like, you just said, go on keto. Just, you know, like, try it. Give, you know, us a month to put you on the straight and narrow. And if we can't, then get the transfusion. Right.
1: How does this tie into relationships?
0: Well, just, like, so, A, I mean, I guess I was, I was going somewhere with it. But um, you never gave up right? You didn't just go, okay, yeah, go on this medication and that's it. And so the support for me was very important. But um, just giving it an example of how long we had been dealing with this because my immune system had been shot for 15 years. So you asked yourself the question when we first, when you were about to propose, what question did you ask yourself before you proposed to me?
1: Is it going to be worth dealing with somebody who's sick all the time? Because you were sick so often, and not at the time with stomach issues, but I didn't realize that this is all connected, but you just used to get colds, chest flu, or chest infections all the time, all the time, all the time. So I
0: used to take antibiotics that killed my gut biome. Um, I was having a very restricted diet, so I wasn't replenishing the gut biome. So, okay, so now let's get to how that works in relationships. like. I think for anyone listening who is with somebody who's really struggling with a health issue um, with something or whether they're sh- they're struggling with it, it can really take a toll on your relationship. I would think that that's probably going back to like if someone was to ask what is the hardest time you guys have ever gone through, I would have said dealing with my digestive issue. Because I wasn't really eating, so obviously my hormones were changing, my moods were changing. It was the peak of quest where you would just go, 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 you were traveling, you just weren't home much, you didn't have much spare time, let alone time to do things like come to the doctors with me and things like that. So um, what do you think, I guess, was the biggest thing that helped us get through that period? Because for me, that was definitely the darkest period, I think, in my life like if I don't think I was ever clinically depressed, but I would definitely say I was, I was down in the dumps.
1: Yeah. And I wonder if you weren't clinically depressed only because we didn't take you to see a doctor to say, by the way, you're clinically depressed. The more I, so to answer your question, how did we make it through or what was the biggest thing? Commitment, right? So I'm committed to this person. Like we're in it through thick and thin, better or worse. And you've got to want that test. Like, I never want to see you go through something hard ever. But at the same time, when you haven't been tested, what do you really know? So you get what you focus on. So going through that brutally difficult time, even in the midst of it, it's like, okay, well, this is where you earn your stripes. And focusing on that and saying, okay, I've got a code that I live by, and this is the person that I've sworn to protect, and so I need to do that. And it was really hard, and it was... It was a gut check, I think, for me, for sure, because I wasn't able able to solve the problem. And so that was hard emotionally for me to deal with. And to know that you were going through a depressive time, even if you weren't actually depressed, though, I think it's probably fair to say what I know now about the gut and how much of the serotonin and other neurotransmitters that it produces and the fact that you were producing probably zero... Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess you actually were sort of by any reasonable measure depressed. So it was like, there's no like positive reinforcement of, Hey, we're having a great time. This yeah. Is but amazing. you didn't just
0: go in there saying like, I've, I've committed to this woman, so I'm going to suffer. Like there were definitely things that you did within our relationship you gave, but also stayed strong. Like what are the things, right? So obviously commitment, sure. But what are the even smaller little things that you had to deal with and how did you handle it?
1: Well, so I'll say um, probably less important to focus on what I did and more important to focus on what you did. So you had a growth mindset through everything, which really kept me from going crazy. So, and you're also really good about recognizing and giving a ton of credit for no one wants to be around the mopey person. So like you would really try to do things to be responsive. So if I tried to bring a cheery mood, like you would respond to it. Um, If we talked about, hey, here's probably what we're going to need to do. It's not going to be easy. You're going to have to change this out or the other. Like you did it. If I said, hey, like you get what you focus on. Like you would focus on other things. Like because you were so responsive, because you didn't wallow, because you weren't just begging for sympathy, you wanted empathy 100%, but you weren't like just feel sorry for me. Um, because of all of that, I think it was plausible for us to like keep pushing and get through it. And look, at the end of the day, I also have a code that I live by. And so it was like, I knew that there was going to be a certain amount of just like, you've got to pull this person back up. Like when they're knocked to their knees, They may not want you to get down and give them sympathy, but at the same time, they do need you to pick them back up. And that's not a try once and stop. It's like they're going to resist a little bit. There's going to be some just like fatigue and other things that you're going to have to help them through. And it's going to need to be consistent. And if they reject your first attempt, you got to try again and again and again until they do. And I really do in that sense feel like I got it very, very easy because you were so receptive to things. But you know, I mean I'm leaning on things like that. I'm leaning on I know I need to get her to focus on something more positive. I'm leaning on I know I need to focus on something more positive. It there needs to be action. So we tried the and and to really make sure people I'm answering your question, like these are the sort of checklist items that I'm going through in my head. Because that's what I
0: was going to say, like I can say from my, because the people listening, they may be in my situation or in your situation, right? Where like, okay, what do you do if you're feeling sick? But what do you do when you're on the other side? Like, what are those check things that you go through? Because well, uh, I, I wasn't easy to deal with. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I can talk about my struggle and how I had to work on my mindset to try and see the positive. But from the outside, like, it's, you're seeing me go through pain. You're seeing me sad. You're seeing me depressed. You feel somewhat helpless. The, like, the hard part, you... like if
1: we're in full confessional yeah, mode here, the I mean, hard part to... was you being unstable emotionally. I was not used to that. Like you're normally like just a rock and for years I really did take that for granted and not really understanding and now this is why I tell people like find a woman that <laughs> edges a little um, on the emotional side towards masculine which is nice like there's just a stability, a consistency um, which I have long enjoyed um, and for the first time in our life, your moods were wildly unpredictable. And so you you became the only like real word is unstable.
0: So how did you handle that? What were the things you were telling yourself?
1: One, that this is neurochemistry. And so we need to figure out what the underlying cause is. Two, only action matters. So like I need to actually solve this problem. So you know, thank God for quest and what they were doing from a research and development perspective into the microbiome. And so there was like somewhere to go to mm-hmm. get just like a ton of information. And that really laid the foundation for what I'm building on now As I really turned myself into an expert in the area of the microbiome. But so knowing that we had to do that, knowing that we had to make dramatic changes, being willing to push through, knowing that like you, so you know me, I'm not a fan of patience. I have absolutely no patience, but I'm willing to go balls to the wall for a very long period of time, for years, decades, a lifetime, like whatever it takes to just keep going, keep going, keep going. And when you do that with absolute Absolutely, being devoid of patience, so that like you're trying to solve the problem right now today, but you're willing to do that for the long run. Um, those were the things that I was telling myself, and I just kept owning everything—extreme ownership, right? I kept saying, "This is my fault. The fact that she's going through this is my fault. It's not her fault. It's nobody's fault but my own. So I need to solve this problem. I need to figure it out because then I wasn't blaming you, like." Her instability in moods is because I have not figured this problem out, right? So, And then, very thankfully, that I have a partner in all this, you were saying the same thing. so And there, I mean, look, there were, so full confessional mode, there were times where you were looking at me like, hey, motherfucker, are you ever going to solve this? And that, at times, was, (laughs) that was a real check for, like, how much of extreme ownership is a t-shirt and how much of it is for real. And that's why you know, because it's real for me and it's not a slogan, it's not a bumper sticker, it's not a t-shirt, um, that three years in, and I'm still like stacking knowledge on top of knowledge on top of knowledge. And I mean, just now, just today, and this is true of virtually every day, I spent an hour just researching the microbiome, Mm. um, so that we can actually solve this problem.
0: We were very honest with each other though. So it was definitely delicate and, um, you know, definite, delicate situation. But we were always very honest. So, like, for instance, I, I'd never felt emotionally unstable before. I can normally think my way through things. Mm. And I was feeling emotionally unstable. It was um, like I would... I'm not a crier. And then I remember once, I literally just burst into tears in your office. You know, um, for me, it was... I wasn't able to eat. I... Um, was trying to run entire media department. I was going to work every single day. I was having sometimes I had to swallow camera pills and have these. Um, you heard
1: that right? You had to swallow a camera.
0: Yeah, a camera. And then I had like these patches all over my stomach that was like tracking the camera to take mm. photos. And I went into work with them with all these patches on with me, and I hid it and I didn't obviously tell anybody. And so feeling like I don't want to seem weak at work. I still need to come in. I still need to crush the job. And being seriously weak, and then having like these weird emotional feelings, which I'd never had before, where I'm just like, I'm feeling teary. All of a sudden, I'm just like, you've hurt my feelings. And you're like, what the hell did I say? Like, I think that was tough, where things that you would say, because you're the closest to me, it was easy for me to bite back. So if you said something that for whatever reason didn't make me feel good, totally normal, right? Like, not a mean something to say, but you just said something and it upset me. Like, I'd be like, you really upset me. Because I was close to you, I could say that and I could act differently. I guess you like, because I know that you're going to forgive me, but that doesn't make an excuse. So I would literally be like, I'm like this babbling, bawling woman now who's sitting in your office crying because of whatever reason. Um, And that was a trigger for me. was like, this isn't normally like me. So I can't help the way my chemicals are feeling, but I know this isn't me. And so what can I do to tell myself... Um, I need to change this cycle and you were always you showed empathy but you didn't show sympathy and I think that was a big deal because you didn't stop your life you didn't say to me "All right, baby all consuming let's do this what do we have to do like you didn't do that you said look I've got a company to run and you know I love you and you know I would do anything for you and I'll be there no matter what you need you just have to say the word but I'm not going to come to every single doctor's appointment I'm not going to be there every second that you're feeling pain so you need to A. articulate to me when you need me what it is that I need from you because you said I'm not a mind reader and I'm I'm just upsetting you without realizing it so set you up for success what are the things that I'm looking for from you and then you say whether you can do it or not versus I think a lot of people sit back and think well they should do this for me I'm not feeling well And then you get upset and then it spirals and now you're just holding on to the anger. You're not holding on to, wow, I said to him, like, I really needed him to come to the doctors to me today. And he cleared his schedule and he came. So communication with that, I think, as well was a really big deal. But, yeah, like, I think you, from the, it's it's almost easier to go through the problems when it's you.
1: It is, in (laughs) some ways. I mean, at the end of the day, you are the one truly experiencing the pain and the all-consuming, and so there's no break. Whereas when it's not you, there are breaks, right? There are times where you forget about it, and you get sucked into something else, and it just sort of takes you out of it for a minute. And so at the end of the day, honestly, like if everybody's really honest, it's easier to be the other person. It's just not a scot free job, right? Mm. So... Um, it is, but
0: like you, almost you are somewhat powerless. You can't just click your fingers and solve it.
1: Sure, Part and I'll, I'll use an analogy and tell me if this hits it. When you have the flu, it's easy to fast. When you're just fasting, it's harder. Yes, but I'd rather be in the position of just fasting right. because because having the flu sucks.
0: I realize though part way through being feeling like this and just feeling sick all the time. I mean, it's 24 hours a day. I'm always, right. all, I was always in pain. It's kind of like when other people would be happy or you'd be happy or nonchalant. It's like, oh, yeah, it's a doctor's appointment. Like I would really get upset because it's like, Oh my God, but this is a really big deal for me. And you're not like taking it seriously. But to you, it's like, I've been to 30 doctor's appointments. So you can't treat right. everything with the extreme. And me understanding that, <coughs> Sorry.
1: I'm sorry. Are you sick? I know. Yeah. Right.
0: (laughs) (coughs) So I think you not losing yourself was important for me to see.
1: Not only that. So if we're talking about what are things that I think that I did right, like emotional stability is something I demand of myself in no uncertain terms. And in, in all of this, like one thing, when you said that you wanted to talk about this one thing I was like, I really want to make a fucking point of saying at the end of the day, the reason that you have a chronic illness or anything like that is because you, and this this goes for everybody, myself, you, anybody, you have not made enough demands of yourself, mm. right? Like how many people say, oh, I'm struggling with this and I'm going to become the world's foremost expert in that thing? Essentially zero. And until you go to that point, until you're willing to say, okay, I didn't want to have to learn all of this, but I'm going to have to learn everything like I'm going to go in and I'm going to tell the doctor like people just shut down and to them there's like some sense of well I didn't go to medical school so like how am I supposed to learn this mm. you fucking learn it like step by step you get out there the number of books that are published you could be reading the books that are put in these have you even tried to reach out to a professor at a medical school and say I'll take you to lunch if you'll answer like but these 10 took questions you time
0: to get there as well it wasn't that day one that was how you acted are
1: you talking about the mindset or are you talking about no, with
0: the actual mind quip itself
1: Uh, that's only sort of true so I was pursuing the path of like what do I think will be the easiest for and the biggest return right doctors like that mm. seemed like hey they've spent Why? all this time studying it and it really wasn't until your illness that I lost absolute faith in doctors until that point I still had faith that hey like Since then, the more I read, the more I learn about it, and it is like, I don't blame doctors. I get that the system is working against them. But the truth is, statistically speaking, doctors, get this, doctors do not get better over time.
0: Yeah, I know. That's
1: sad. That's crazy. Yeah. So, and they don't get better over time, I think, and I'll be generous Mm. here. I think they don't get better over time because they are so inundated with the system that is not exactly set up to make them successful, the way that everything is focused on making them uh, specialize instead of, um, you know, really looking at something holistically, the way that there's very little money left in it. So now you're not attracting the best and the brightest, and they're just killing themselves day and night just to keep their heads above water. When I realized that Heal was a thing, Heal apps, amazing by the way, but you pay $99 and you get a doctor, a real like they they try for double board certified doctors for $99 will come to your house.
0: Right. But we that's didn't have insanity. that back then.
1: No, but I'm just saying that's how messed up yeah, the system yeah. is that, that they can afford to right. do that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And they come them and another person. So that's how little money is in a practice. Right. So you do all of that. They just don't have the time or the incentive to continue to progress and push themselves and all that. So statistically speaking, doctors don't get better over time, going through this whole process. I learned all that, but I would say I went into the process with the right mindset. I was just pursuing ineffective avenues.
0: And it must have been difficult because I remember like every time, so I had so many doctor's appointments and it came to a point where like, you just couldn't come with, you know, like I said, you're running a billion dollar company. You can't just up and leave. And every time I would go to the doctor, I would go there and be like, all right, Lisa, like, cause I pride myself on being, you know, independent in, I can take care of myself of, you know, when needed. And I can handle it no problem but I would go to the doctors and it was a whole new thing where I was experiencing like this really emotional thing so I would leave that and not really know what they said to me because I'm going through it emotionally so then I almost started to absent-mindedly started to hold it against you that you weren't with me right because each one of those I was like I don't know like I just felt lost and even more frantic and out of control and I normally with the projects that I do at work and things like I like to be in control of things and so I remember having that discussion with you I'm like yeah and you weren't then I could like my anger kind of came out in what I was saying to you like you weren't even there and I don't know what the, like if you want to know them or something and that's when we had that really hard conversation which I remember to this day because it was so impactful for me because up to that point I just wanted you to always be there for me and this is why like I really want to belabor this point because I think if you're going through it and you're in my position, it's important to hear. Or if in your in your position, it's important to say. Like, I am not going through this every single moment like you are. I love you. I I will be there for you. But I cannot literally give up my entire life to be at every doctor's appointment and so how do we make this work without you feeling like I'm just letting you down all the time because I think that that was it I would just get upset with you a lot and you were like like I just feel like I'm letting you down but it wasn't like you weren't doing anything so having like we had the talk of okay what are the things that are important to me to make me feel like you're supporting me but you didn't go down that dark path with me and I think that's so important. For someone on the outside, if they're with someone that's sick, it's like, don't just sit with them and feel sorry with them, like help pull them out in a a really um, empathetic way but you didn't let me just be a total bitch, basically, right? And I think that that, but that was important. And then I started to flip it, and I thought, okay, if I'm going through this, like, it, we are a partnership. We're a married couple. So if I'm going through one thing, it shouldn't always be about me, right? Like, if I'm going through this, how are you handling this? You've got a sick wife. You pride yourself on being the one to figure it out. You you know, you're the alpha of the family, what are you thinking and feeling going through this? And I thought, you know what? Just me saying to him, you've let me down, isn't really nice because the truth is part of it isn't in your control. As much as I know you say it's all in your control, but that's going to take.
1: internally just violently right. reacting. But that's going to gonna that, take yeah.
0: time, right? Like you said, you have to read about it, you have to learn about it. And so I wasn't making you feel good about the situations. Which is
1: a bad strategy. Which is by a the bad
0: way. strategy, exactly. So I literally had to flip it and think, what can I do for him today, right, like, I'm in agony, but, like, God, I've been in agony for a year, like, come on, it's about time to, you know, snap out of it, what can you do for him, and just almost changing that mind frame, and going, you know, okay, I need him right now, all I have to do is say, baby, I really need you for this, and then when you're there for me, thank you, profusely on how much that meant to me that you were there for me so that we can now start to deal with this as a partnership again instead of I'm going through this and you're kind of helping me in the background you know like being there like in the shadows like let's do this as a team I need you to feel good about helping me I need to snap out of it because it may take another year it may take another two years to get healthy again so what am I going to do spend the next two years in misery And so you always say to me, you get what you focus on. And that, like, was the strongest quote thing that you could ever give me. Because I remember then saying to people, like, my mom, bless her, who's actually here.
1: Watching. She literally set up, like, a stadium seating. She
0: used to say to me, like, she would call from England and ask, like, how are you? How is your tummy? And it would... Frame things in a negative way. She didn't mean it, right? right. It came from a pure place of love. but and I, concern. And concern. But I knew that bringing that back into my mindset right. was a negative. And I had to stay strong. Stay strong for myself and then stay strong within our partnership.
1: It's a really interesting point that I want to... Um, Look at for a second. So take a kid. Kid falls. And they look to you to see, am I crying about this? Am I laughing this off? Like, And if you panic, they freak out. But I always found it so interesting that kids give you that moment of, what is this? Like, what's the emotion here? And that's the same problem with somebody, like, overly worrying about you is in that moment, they're saying, this is bad. You should be, like, super concerned. Mm -hmm. They said even just... Like, let's say they didn't say a word and they just made sound. The sounds, like, trigger that sense of, like, oh, shit, this is bad, this is dark. And there's some part of your mind that latches onto that so fast. And that's one of the reasons that, like, it, to your point, it's so, in fact, 80-20, right? Beauty and rage. Like, there, there's, when you say I wouldn't allow you to be a bitch, <laughs> which I'm... Utterly fascinated to hear how people are responding to that. Uh, but I actually thank you for no, that. No, 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 100%. But I have a backstop of snap the fuck out of it. Yeah. Like I'll put 80%. Up. If people wonder, by the way, if these are like just things that we say or if this is stuff that we live by, this is a great story. Um, my thing is, at the end of the day, I'm going to give you the 80% of the beauty first. But you're essentially like, running out of that. And then we click into a point where it's like, snap the fuck out of it. And not on, I'm not just making that demand of you. I would expect you to make that demand of me. I will make that demand of myself. Yeah. So I'm certainly not going to push back. I'm not being you know, one-sided about it or hypocritical. It is absolutely what I'm looking for in myself as well. But it's like, there very much is the backstop of, look, I will bust my ass for you. I will, there's a certain number of times where you could push me, reject me, and like just be angry and upset and down in the dumps and I will totally get it. And I will keep coming back and trying to pick you up, pick you up, pick you up. But there is a point at which my response is, knock it off, snap out of it. Mm-hmm. Like y- y- you have to. And you, as the other person and this They can forget everything that has been said about me because I'm telling you, my side of the equation is not that interesting. My side of the equation is not gonna help you much. But if you understand what she did, you then you'll get it. When I said that, you snapped out of it. When I said that, you did not go, I can't believe what an asshole you are. You snapped out of it. Like that's that moment there is why I say in a relationship, selection is the most important thing ever because if in that moment you push back and told me that i was an asshole this it never works like you've got to hold yourself to a standard you've got to pick yourself up at the end of the day there's nothing i can do other than present you things like hey you get what you focus on but you decide whether you're going to actually take that in it's like when i tell people hey before you read a book Say to yourself, I'm open to being changed forever and for the better by reading this knowledge. Like, I'm actually open to being changed. If you're not open to being changed, it's totally useless. It's pearls on swine. So legitimately, I don't think it was my presentation of here are actual effective strategies. It was only the fact that you used those strategies. That's what matters.
0: But you weren't afraid to say it. And I think that that's where people... Like they so want to be supported that they don't necessarily say that because oh they're gonna it's gonna hurt their feelings. You
1: want to know why they do that? They either don't live by a code <clears throat> or they live by a code that doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, and we had. Um,
1: and can I explain that? Yeah. So what I mean by that is. I know that from an effective strategy standpoint, it's not an effective strategy for you to wallow. It's just not. And so even though part of my code is to take care of you and to make you feel a certain way, another part of the code is do what works. And if something doesn't work, then you have to change the strategy. And so... That's what you're ultimately going to run up against is I have those things running through my mind, right? Like, is this an effective strategy or not? Because if it's not an effective strategy, then to keep being nice or polite or whatever, like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. But most people, they they don't go, my backstop is, does it work? Right? And as long as you don't have a backstop of, oh, this isn't working and therefore I have to change. Like most people, their backstop, we're in advanced class now. But most people, their backstop is self-esteem. Mm. And the way that they build their self-esteem is very fragile. And it's based on what we'll call traditionally egotistical stuff. Being right, being smart, that kind of stuff. So now it's like, well, she didn't take my advice. Fuck her. Right? Yeah. And so that's where he doesn't... He's not being nice. He doesn't understand. Fuck him. And that's where this all like devolves. Right.
0: But I think we've—you're right... And we have set the stage for that even before I got sick. Like, let's say we just met and I got sick. Like, who knows how we would have handled it. But the one thing... I would
1: have handled it exactly the same. But that's true, right? And so then the variable becomes, does the other person re- receive that or right.
0: not? Well, this, that's what I was going to say. We have in the past said to each other, when we're emotionally sober... We've said to each other, it's kind of um, the anorexic syndrome. So take an anorexic, they look in the mirror, they don't see the accurate reflection that is in front of them. Total delusion. Total delusion. If when you're emotionally sober and you can sit down with your partner and say, we understand that humans can get to that stage. So I trust you, if I ever get to that anorexic quote unquote stage where I can't see what's in front of me, obviously not necessarily regarding food, but in general, if I'm acting a certain way and my emotions are really high, I need to trust that you're going to point it out, but it come from a loving place and you're doing it for the best of me, not for selfish reasons for you. Mm -hmm. And we've said that to each other so that if I ever got somewhere like I did emotionally, where I was just upset and a mess, you could turn around to me and say, you're acting crazy. Baby, I love you, but your emotions have got a hold of you. Your chemicals are completely imbalanced. You need to trust me that this is the case. Because when you're feeling it, when you're feeling upset, like you feel completely justified. Like, no, it's him. Like your emotions, all your chemicals are telling you, you have every right to be upset. You have every right to be angry at them. You have every right to feel sad. But the truth is you need that other person that can point out the accuracy. And it's, you know, that's what we kind of say with the anorexic syndrome. Right. So when you said that to me, even though I felt so validated with feeling upset and feeling neglected and feeling emotional, I literally stopped myself in that moment and said, I need to trust him. Like everything my body and my mind is telling me right now isn't real. Like it's, it's playing a trick on me. And so I can keep going down that, and I can double down, or I can go. Wow, we made a deal when we were when I wasn't feeling like this that you would point it out, and it wouldn't be for your own selfish needs. It would be because you really realized this was this wasn't good for me.
1: And that trust has to be earned. Trust has to be. And earned. that, by the way, is a two way street. It's not like we said, "Hey, by the way, I'll watch out for you right. getting crazy." No, it sure. was like whenever one of us is emotionally yeah. unsober for whatever reason, then right. the other person will be there. Um. That but earning that trust is mm-hmm. so critical. And making the other person on balance feel overwhelmingly positive is a huge part of this. Um, all right. Should we get to questions?
0: Yeah. Um, I have Chase's um, slack in me saying people are loving this conversation. Interesting. Yeah.
1: I'm always surprised. People want to like, know
0: what the book that you're reading is. Um, on microbiome is.
1: In fact, we're gonna flip that on Chase for a minute. Uh, this kid is ex- exceptional, by the way. Like I find myself relying on him more and more and more, uh, which is a great sign. Is a huge burden on him, but greatness will come from that pressure. Uh, have we put up the trail of knowledge yet? No. So deep and abiding shame on Chase, <laughs> because this is something that we need to get up it. So. Once Chase starts doing his job, we will eternally have something that tells you what book I'm reading. That way, we don't have to, like, go through this. People can go to impacttheory.com and see it. But the book that I'm reading right now is called The Disease Delusion. Um, And the one that I read before that was The Human Superorganism. Also, mad shout-out to this guy named Dr. Ruscio, R-U-S-C-I-O, I'm just sort of getting into his world, so I don't want to overcommit, but I think he's well worth looking into. He's a functional medicine guy, um, which has now completely captured my imagination. I think it's a terrible name, um, but holistic medicine has been so brutalized and bastardized and just turned into something horrifying, but that's really what it is. It's looking at the body as an entire ecosystem, something that works together in concert, all these... Uh, things that compete for resources and attention and health and all that. And then they come together in concert to make either a healthy being or a sick being. Um, But Dr. Ruscio is very, very interesting. And so I'm diving into his world now.
0: And that's even in all the research you're doing, like it makes me feel special, right? Like you're really doing all this work for me. You know, I'm on your mind, shows that you care. Um, And that's actually one thing that's pushed me to Not be afraid to try new things with food because over so long, like the amount of agony and digestive issues that I've had, the pain, I become fearful, right? Right. Like, here, eat this. Like, oh my God, I can't eat that. Like, I so remember when it doubled, like pepper
1: on my food. People are never going to believe that they'll (laughs) never believe that you're being honest with this story. They really won't. But tell it, tell how many. The great
0: news is you were there.
1: Oh, I know it's real. I, even I can't believe it. So I literally, was one dramatic. time
0: it was like, this is getting ridiculous. I can only eat four ingredients. So when
1: you said salt, by the way, I thought no one thinks like they're just assuming that you have all those other things as well. But salt was one of the four things
0: that I could actually, so salt,
1: so that could excludes cook, everything else.
0: I could cook it in coconut oil, but I couldn't use like the spray pan. Right. Um... Yeah, I mean, nothing. So I literally went to put a tiny bit of pepper.
1: How, how many flecks, like those tiny little black flecks made oh, it God. onto I mean, what you, do, you ate?
0: Imagine you get a pepper sh- thing, you go... Choo-choo.
1: Yeah, so would we say less than 25? Yeah. Right? Like
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Probably yeah, yeah, yeah. less For than sure. 10, if we're honest. And what and happened?
0: Yeah, it, I completely doubled over in pain. It's so much so like I could barely breathe. You were going to take me to the doctor. Cause I was, was going so to take agony. you to the
1: emergency room yeah. at like 9 p.m. Yeah. that's like how much pain you were in from
0: yeah. pepper. So because it it just kind of becomes ingrained in you, right? Like, okay, I know I can have these things. Stick to salt. Like, salt's fine. Right. The The fact that you're doing all this work actually makes me go, well, he's like the tablets that you just got me, the digestive enzymes. God, I have no idea how that's going to Pen- affect
1: creatine me. Creatine. But literally
0: yesterday, enzymes. I'm like, cool, I've got to switch over. I've got to have three a day. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But I can't be fearful. Mm. Um,
1: yeah. So far, so good on those, right? Yeah. be interested to
0: see. Um, but one more thing based on this whole thing that we've been discussing was, um, like, really, from the sick person's perspective, really thinking about the... Um, what's the phrase? Just the other person, and that they're not there at your beck and call just because you made a commitment, Right, like I had to think of you as still being my husband who should be happy and what can I do? And um, that made a difference just in my own mindset where it's like you're so easily focused on yourself and everything that you do because it's such intense, like intensity in your life that just by switching it and saying, you know, hang on, you've got a husband, you've committed to him too, like he needs to be happy and what are the things you can do for him? And it just like takes you out of that selfish mode that was really powerful. And then we had that talk because obviously, you know, um, being a man and, you know, my husband, like the the intimacy side to it actually, you know, had to kind of, um, it got affected by it and we had to talk about that And versus like... Was oh, that a,
1: a really... Um Delicate way of saying we had less sex. Is that where you were headed with that? That
0: is a very (laughs) delicate way of saying we had less sex. But we spoke about it. Right. Because I didn't just want you to think, oh, well, of course I'm in pain. Like, how could you be so insensitive? And um, my throat's going really... I think I'm talking a lot. Um, Yeah, like, I couldn't just be insensitive and say, well, I'm in pain, so he has to deal with it. Like, that doesn't make you feel, like, connected because Mm. you're going to have an emotional reaction on the side, you may not say anything to me, but of course you're having less sex. And as a guy, it's very important to you to feel that intimacy in that way. And obviously it was for me too, but when you're in pain, you just go, well, God, I'm in pain. Like I couldn't, can't even think about it. But for you, it's an actual difference to your life. So instead of me taking it for granted, like we spoke about it. I want
1: to clear my own throat. (laughs) It's that
0: like tickly throat thing. Um, So I think that was really important, at least, and I don't know if it came across like that, but I wanted you to feel loved, appreciated.
1: No, for sure. For sure. You were amazing about that.
0: But I think those little things make a difference. It wasn't like, well, you have to still have sex even if you're in pain. Like, it wasn't that. But it was communicating that made a big difference.
1: Yeah, no question. No question. Look, through this whole thing, from my perspective, have there been little moments where it was like rough? Sure. But uh, I just cannot stress enough. I think what I did was eh, like sort of follow a playbook. But but I don't want you to push it
0: off like that because that's not true. You pushed when you had to push. You were there for me when you needed to be. But you didn't give up your life. And I think that that's really important because it gave me something to look forward to as well. Like... If, I think if, if you had just, like, given up everything and, again, you're kind of just wallowing together and that doesn't solve mm-hmm. anything.
1: I always kind of mean to dig you out, baby. Yeah. I got you.
0: Yeah. All right. So I don't know if we have any questions about dealing with health or someone else that's getting sick or um, let's take a look. Um. All right. If you want to keep going on the book side of things, I uh, want to vamp.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I'm utterly fascinated by this. And, you know, I really, really wish I could give people the gift of insatiable curiosity um, because in doing this, there is so much pleasure in learning something that has so much use. And that's why I talk a lot about like, it's not enough to acquire skills randomly. You need to have you need to acquire skills that have purpose utility and then you put that utility to the test to see if it actually works so like the pan creatin um, enzymes that we've got you on yeah i hope it works just cuz i you know don't want to see you struggle for a second longer than you absolutely have to um, but if it doesn't work then i want to know immediately so we can get on to trying the next thing but Um, learning things that are applicable is super, super important to me. And I used to say, and this is still true, I just for whatever reason I've been talking about it much, um, that business really is just the way, the thing that I've chosen to see if my skills actually have merit or not. But you need something. I think that's one of the reasons that people like sports so much is you get to go compete against other people and see if what you're learning actually works. And when something actually works and people can't outperform it, That's an amazing feeling. That's really amazing. And when I think about what we're doing with the studio, I really have like this growing sense of the skills that I've been acquiring for the last 20 plus years. They're indomitable. Like, that's how I feel. And when I meet people that are in the industry trying to do things, I think, I know how to help this person. Like, I know how to. Be what they need and to leverage what they've built but don't know how to like bring to the world to really do something incredible. So I am very, very excited about that. It's the same giddy feeling I get. Like I actually get giddy researching the microbiome because I'm like, this is gonna work. Like when you feel like you're on to like the thing that, whoa, this is actually gonna play out. This makes so much sense. And that's how I feel with functional medicine. Like they're the only people looking at this in, in a way that just from the physics of the problem makes sense. And so once I tapped into that vein, that's when it really started to get exciting. But you've got to try some of the other things. You've got to go to all the doctor's appointments. And by the way, like when I went to a doctor's appointment, I was trying to learn. Like I was Mm. listening and paying attention and taking notes and then going and looking this stuff up and trying to figure out what it was. And like doing that instead of going through the motions, like actually doing it is pretty interesting.
0: And um, what's funny is when you were going to the doctors, you um, people like they all they got defensive because you were asking so many questions. Yes,
1: because yeah, uh, you can take people to the edge of what they actually understand really fast. Yeah, and people don't enjoy that feeling.
0: But I felt very protected when you were there.
1: Yeah, well, we all know I have issues when it comes to me thinking that doctors aren't going as far as it should go for you. I. I'm not even sure, like, if, if the strategy is perfect, but it's the, so it's very hard to make me angry. But when I don't think people are taking your problem seriously, I fucking, I redline so fast. And so there have been a fair, maybe a distressing amount of doctors that I've gotten very intense with.
0: Did you totally... And I don't
1: raise my voice. I want to make that clear. But wow. I know, I feel it click in my head when I'm like, this motherfucker is not taking this seriously enough and now we have to get intense.
0: And those were the things though that again, um, instead of focusing on like, oh, I can't believe you didn't ask me this morning how I was feeling, right? Like the kind of the negative and the positive mindset. So... Because you're experiencing this day in, day out, every moment that you move, every moment that you eat, even cold water would cramp my digestive, my stomach, just to kind of give an idea again how bad that was. Even cold water. So everything I was doing, it was like, why didn't you ask me? You know, like Mm. focusing on the negative. Like, I can't believe he got up and he knew I had a bad stomach yesterday and didn't do anything about it this morning, didn't ask me. Switching that mindset, like you gave up going out for dinner for me, right? Like I couldn't eat for six months, those ingredients only from home. And then I was able to go out to a restaurant and try eating the same things, but just from a restaurant. All the little things that I think that someone can do for somebody makes all the difference. Like it doesn't have to be dramatic, but in fact, in saying it's the little things almost diminishes how intense that, that must have been for you. But did you ever think about that, like food and stuff like that? Because you never ate out by yourself without me.
1: Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, that's just like whatever. So, um, I will quote my boy Phil Jackson and say, things come together, things fall apart. And so while it was a rough time, I just knew this doesn't last forever. Mm. Um, and so it seemed like a relatively small thing to give up. I love being tested. Like right now I'm fasting, um, an intermittent fast, full disclosure, I probably won't make it to 24 hours, but I'll be 20 ish hours by the time I eat. And I'm. I didn't tell myself that I was going to keep fasting through the episode, but I like to be tested. I like to push myself a little bit, mm-hmm. and so um, I have trained myself to appreciate a good test when life throws it your way. So it's like, okay, we're not going out. Okay, I'm not going to cheat either. If you're not going to cheat, I'm not going to cheat. And so,
0: but not even cheat. It was just like go out. To, for a regular meal
1: yeah but in fairness like I didn't go down to the four ingredients so right, no, that Jesus. felt like extravagant to me I thought I'm such a lazy get get as the Brits would say like I'm I'm not yeah I didn't go all the way to that so I actually even things like that I had a little bit of guilt over because I'm like I could really it's like those people I saw this one guy this is his son had like leukemia or brain tumor must've been a brain tumor. And so he had like this really brutal scar on the side of his head and the father shaved his head and got a tattoo of the scar cool. so that the kid would feel like That's I'm cool. not alone in this. And I thought, okay, full respect. But, and I sorry. didn't go that far. But with we actually
0: had to have a discussion cause you were so like, babe, if you're not eating out, I'm not eating out. If we're not doing this, then I'm not going to do it. Like you didn't even flinch to the point where I'm like, look, it's actually meaningful to me if you do, like we would go out with the family, or this is when sure. I could eventually start to eat out. You the family would have lovely food and pizza and stuff like that. And you're like, No, like until you can have it, I'm not I'm not gonna have it either. And at one point I think it was like Christmas or something, I was like, please, like I feel guilty now, you not having it. And it actually doesn't bring me joy. So as much as you want to like show that you're there for me, right in this moment, showing support is actually having it because I feel guilty and I don't like feeling like that. And I was very honest, like this, absolutely, it's selfish of me. I feel guilty and I don't want to feel guilty about it. But please like join in with the family so at least I can see that happiness in your face. And then in turn, I get happy from it that we had to speak about it because you were just like, so like, no, not going to have. If you don't, I don't. But that supportive system is so important. Um, there is actually one question about being around people who are sick. Okay. I'm almost out of time, but this is from Jennifer Walsh or Welsh. Do you have advice for how to deal with the emotions associated with the sickness of a child? Do you think the same therapies apply? How do you keep the balance in your relationship?
1: Yes. uh, So I do think they all apply. Um, I think that anybody that goes through that is just a a hardcore mofo in the extreme. Like that, that kind of thing because I know how hard it would be to have to... Like really be hard and fast, just nope, no more feeling sorry for yourself, but you absolutely must do it. And I think that the people whose kids end up doing the best are the ones who are like, we're not treating this child any different than our healthy children. And I think that is absolutely the right answer. Mm. And I, I am moved uh, to the extreme by people that do things like shave their head and put the scar on. I think that's amazing. And I would do that in a heartbeat um but then at the same time i'd be like you don't get to feel bad you don't get to feel sorry for yourself like it it is such an ineffective strategy that you just can't let them and that like the amount of heartbreak that must go into that cuz you just want to mollycoddle them you want to make things right. easy you want to compensate in some way for what they're going through but it just like the mind isn't designed to develop like that and so if you mollycoddle them if you do all of that they just won't develop into a well-rounded individual with self-respect and all of that they just won't they'll become demonstrative they'll be like brats it's it's just true and even if they don't like let's really go hard like even if they are just they're going to die young we just don't have a solution for it i think even in that you have to be like going to treat you like a normal kid i'm going to make you feel good i'm going to hold you responsible like you want them just like you should with a normal healthy child you should want them to have a wonderful life but a wonderful life part of that is discipline part of that is becoming someone that you can be proud of even if you only have a couple years to be proud of yourself like it's all still real like my mom was super disciplinary with me but i always felt loved and having those confines actually made me feel safe so I think, yeah, I think you have to. Brutally difficult. I have nothing but empathy. but
0: And I would make sure that me and you were on the same um, page about how to deal with that child.
1: For sure. That Jesus, be... that goes sick, healthy, right. and everything in between.
0: But that could be tough, right? Where one mother or one parent, probably the mother wants to mollycoddle, be super nurturing over the top. No, don't make them do this. And then right. you've potentially got the, the partner who's pushing in the other direction.
1: Yep. Got to be on the same page. Wowza. You want to talk about something that creates problems? Yeah. All right.
0: right, That's out of time.
1: All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for this very weird and hopefully wonderful um, diatribe on relationships and illness and uh, what that battle looks like. Hopefully, that is really helpful to some of you. I'm sure there are many, many people out there. Uh, that are going through something similar, especially with the rise in chronic illness that we're facing. But that's a whole nother thing that we could do a whole show about. Um, If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. This is a weekly show. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now